Hello, and welcome to Broken. Broken is a fly-on-the-wall podcast. In each episode, listeners will get a peek into the views and thoughts of a couple of guys bullshitting at a donut shop. Most conversations revolve around the Christian faith and its relation to the contemporary American experience. However, it should be noted that the views and thoughts expressed on Broken are an unconventional take on modern Christianity. On today's episode, we are joined by Chris Bovey, Nathan Peabody, Jacob Swartz, and Brennan Pointer. Without further ado, here is Broken. Hey, um, well, uh, welcome to the Broken Podcast. Um, just uh, a few guys bullshitting around in a coffee shop, usually talking about um, state of the church, state of uh, Christian affairs, state of faith, like, uh, and just kind of like talking about what's uh, been going on and and uh, where we currently are, and and maybe sharing a little bit of our journey and uh, hopefully helping someone else as well. So, but anyways, this week um, I wanted to invite uh, invite Chris Kildriff onto the show. Kill Duff. Kill Duff. Sorry. Duff. Yeah. Duff. One of the people nicknamed me Duff like forever ago. So Duff I'm beer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. So yeah. uh, usually, you know, and, and I don't want to skip over my, uh, <laughs> I, I apologize. Yeah. So anyways, into us. <laughs> yeah. I am so sorry. Faith and I um, are just as, spectators No, today. no. As always, I appreciate their time, their energy, uh, their friendships. Um, Jacob Schwartz to my left and Nathan Peabody. Um, also to your left. Also to my left. But say hi, fellas. Hi. How's it going? Good. Good to have you guys. Good to be back. But uh, as we usually do, um, if you're if you're coming onto the show, like if you just uh, tell us a little bit about your um, your background in the church or anything like that in the faith or um, sure. your experience with it. <clears throat> well, I feel like I've had a little bit of a hodgepodge of everything. Um, I grew up. <clears throat> my mom's like never really been in the picture. Um, so I grew up at least at the start of my childhood was with a single father. And then uh, he wasn't per se religious. He was raised Catholic. Um, he's from the East coast. So I think that's like default into you <laughs> when you're in the, that time period at least. And, and it's just um, like the culture. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, you know, New York, like it's just kind of part of that over there. And um, anyways, wasn't really practicing ever growing up. And then he got remarried to my stepmom, who I just consider my mom. So it's weird to even call her my stepmom. But um, anyways, she was like new age Christian church was fun. Like, you know, and so we did that a lot growing up. Um, like fun for you or fun for everybody? <clears throat> fun for everybody. Yeah. Like just, um, you know, church wasn't like this, like sit down and just listen to somebody talk for years and years and years. It was a very sense of community um, music. Like, you know, you go, you go to some of the new age churches now and it's just like, hey, like it's like almost a party, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so, yeah, did that. Um 
glory clown. Oh, the glory clown. Sorry, it's uh, he was on worship. Uh, he's the worship pastor, and they had a glory clown. No, we did not. I okay, will be okay. very clear. So, I would have, I, even back then, I would have put the guy. Explain on that. what a glory clown was. So, again, uh, I, I think it's Bethel, uh, that does this. The very, very, very ultra charismatic church, um, will release the quote unquote glory clown. And I'm trying to remember to actually verbalize my cues, so air quotes, um which is basically just haze with gold, like sparkles in it. But then they're like, Oh, the cloud, the glory cloud of God is descending during the service. And it's a, it's a lot of theatrics. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I come from some traditions like that. So that's what Chris is referencing. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I don't mean to rabbit trail. Like, that's kind of the structure, but very, that experience. Sure. I mean, it wasn't raining glory in, in the church, <laughs> but no, no, no sparkles, sparkles, but, but but you know, hey, um, you know, let's let's play church basketball and let's uh um the power teams coming to remember the power team? Oh the power team. Can we have a whole team. episode about the power oh, team? Were they gosh. like weightlifters or something? Yeah. Kind of, but like powered by God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, they <laughs> and they could like, like rip telephone thing. books yes, in half. Absolutely, and, like, yeah. There yeah, should yeah. be a whole episode about the power team. It's so um great. thankfully I yeah. missed that. <laughs> wow. You missed out. You oh, missed out. So it, was, it was it was evangelical. Weird, yeah. Like capital tour, like, but without the pastor, like it was like, just like these huge guys. And like, we can, and you would like, as a kid, you want to see this tough guy, like tear a phone book. Yeah, I was in this suit, you know, I was a comic, I'm a nerd. So like I was into comic books and X-Men and like this guy could crush sodas just by grabbing them and squeezing them. And like, I mean, it was wild. They would like break ice with their head. thought of this? I don't know, but I'm bringing it back. This is how we, this is how these kids are going to hear about Jesus. It'll be me fat on stage, like eating a hamburger. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was very that where it was like this showcase of a thing. And so um, it, you know, growing up, I I think that's powerful. Like it's, it gives Mm -hmm. you something to, um, you know, a sense of community and people who are all excited and having fun and doing a thing. And I guess just as I grew up, I think the first part I really remember kind of separating from that a little bit is I've always been into philosophy and debate and I've always been very self-learning human being. And so by the time I was like a teenager and I was reading, I've always been a reader and you would read about different things. And, you know, I, I think some of the first stuff is just like, you know, I remember being absolutely criticized by people in that community for reading like interview with the vampire. Mm. Like, and like in some like and like, cause you know, I'm just like a 13 year old or something like that. And they're like, this is like, I mean like devil worship. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. so and, you're, so uh, give me a, a snapshot. Like you are currently in junior high and yeah, probably junior high ish. I'm horrible with like relating back. I was, reading adult content books like not adult content books but you know adult i was <laughs> sure. reading i was reading rather really well my dad um my dad had like every stephen king book like ever like on paperback i mean they oh, were yeah. just horrible condition they were like the first stephen i'm a hardcore stephen king fan i can't and, get into it my wife loves it don't yeah i don't know <clears throat> um and uh so i remember like you would have 
in junior high specifically, they would have like dedicated time for you to actually read. Like I remember you don't really do that in grade school, but it was like, bring your book, read, do that for a half an hour or whatever. And that's just part of the curriculum. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it must have been just like the intro into junior high, seventh grade. And everyone like had whatever books. And I like had like four past midnight from Stephen King or something like that. Cause that's what my dad had laying around. And I was like, oh, might as well check this out and loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of read like that. But I remember picking up Interview with the Vampire and it just being. I mean, not that Stephen King stuff is any lighter by any means, but, you know, it doesn't it doesn't have vampire on the cover or whatever, sure, you know. Sure. And um, but that was in that time, too, where like D&D, which is like the most popular oh. thing in the world now, was like this underground Satanist club. Yeah, kind of satanic deal. panic. Absolutely. Yeah. And so um, it was just kind of like that. Is that true? It was called satanic panic. Well, that I like, like that term. It's how it's often referred to looking back on history, like the um, especially the Dungeons and Dragons being this demonic mm. worship or something like that. You'll hear you'll hear a lot of people talk about the, the that thought process in roughly what was it? The, the mid 80s to even early thousands and arguably continues today in some places. Um would be called like the satanic panic where you're you're having not only like D is the devil worship but um uh what is it called listening to records backwards there's a specific mm-hmm. term for it and they and they would see like see see it says like worship the devil where it, it was absolute like gibberish because right. it was playing a record backwards mm-hmm. uh, but there were some bands and i can't remember if this came before or after people started listening to them backwards there were some bands who were you know like the metal bands or whatever that were kind of like the um, I don't know. They they look satanic, quote unquote, and they look well, like a fun society. And they would start putting stuff in the in the uh, tracks, just to, mostly to make fun of it. Oh, 100%. Of it. Yeah, back masking, back masking. Thank you, Mister. I'm the Google. Reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought maybe he was the vinyl expert. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe this, okay. As long as you don't look, try to check my search history. Right. I'm the expert. <laughs> And nowadays it's like ramped up, you know what I'm saying? It's not just like a band here or there. It's like all of culture, you know, it's oh, church I mean, versus it's, culture type of thing. You I know don't know. I, I feel like it depends. I don't know about you, Chris. Like, uh, I feel like it's waned uh, in most of culture. Like back back then it would have been pretty prevalent. Huge. Um, but like, now it's like, okay. now it's more extreme, but in smaller segments. Well, maybe that's it. Like, uh, like pastor Greg Locke. Did you guys hear about him? Oh. Nashville, Tennessee pastor. Like, about, we talked about me being full of, full of piss and vinegar this morning, right? Come I'm, on, I'm man. This is what we're doing. This is, we chop it up, you know? <laughs> I'm furious about have this. You, you haven't heard about Um, I might have, but I might not know the name. That's all right. Like this, uh, I don't know, loud preacher, like, uh, Anyways, he's in Nashville, Tennessee, Greg Locke, and he, uh, last week, he uh, said that so many texts like Harry Potter, blah, 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 he was going to have a good old-fashioned book burning. Harry oh, Potter and oh, Twilight were the two big ones, I think. But they had a pile of books, you know what All I'm right. saying? Like, yeah. kind of like what you're talking about, and it, but anyways, uh, so they have this huge sermon about how they're going to destroy all this evil culture and blah, blah, blah. And let's go outside and have a good old fashioned book burning. 
and they throw everything on the fire. And then the very next week, like when I saw this, I'm like, dude, witches are coming next. I guarantee it. Like, let's talk about burning witches. And the very next week, his sermon is about there are witches in our crew, you know, w- within the congregation. And he's already gotten the names and addresses and stuff like that. You saw this, didn't you? It was yeah. like reading the crucible. It was crazy. Yeah. And this is happening right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I don't mean to do that. <laughs> no, no. But, <laughs> that won't be the last time it, he says that. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, very that where the culture was changing into you know, a little bit more shock, you know, Marilyn Manson and, um, you know, that kind of, you know, stuff. And not that we've, you know, before Marilyn Manson, there was Guar and before Guar, there was, you know, whoever, you know, it's happened forever, but, um, but I totally remember that being a catalyst to me going and then knowing, and you're still book. like going through youth group or going to youth group yeah, or anything sure. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah youth groups on, you know, Tuesday nights, church on Sundays or But you're kind the... of changing and you're kind of like pushing away from that. Well, and it was more just like when those people are like talking about this kind of stuff and realizing, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like I was just like, it's like they're talking about this book is this horrible thing. And like, I've read that book. Mm. Like I, it's not that at all, you know, or mm. another big one for me is I've always been a hip hop. I almost said hip hop head. And I was like, that's like a term. I was like, I don't know if other people <laughs> know too, what that man. means. But me okay, too. Okay, so Absolutely. I'm a hardcore hip hop fan. So Absolutely. I love, um, uh, you didn't know that? No, now I think you're just trying to. Lottie yeah. Dottie, we like the body. We <laughs> oh don't cause God. trouble. We don't bother nobody. Sorry. Nathan is judging you so hard right <laughs> I now. I don't no, care. No. Judge away, man. <laughs> I'm Sorry, like man. DC Talk or no. like. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Freak, I can say. Oh, man. Um, My childhood. Right. We don't cause trouble. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. So, um, and it was that same kind of thing where I was in trouble for having cassette tapes, not like trouble, trouble, but like, you know, I mean, my family's super late. My, I have the best family ever, but, um, like not allowed to have trouble. Wu Tang clan, 36 chambers, like not allowed by who the church. Uh, no, but my parents like who were in the church, but then, yeah, just frowned upon and, mm-hmm. you know, it has swearing in it. So like, I understand, but I was already swearing like that. Like the whole idea of like, okay, your kid can't listen to things with swearing in it. Like I get that to like a point, but then that's going to happen anyways. They, they go to school. I was going to say, yeah, like, it's how about like you just R-rated teach them that school, there's, there's, there's time and place for right. swearing. Like I, how can we can't have that conversation? Great it's the conversation, same conversation yeah. around sex or yep. the same conversation around drugs or the same like these are things um i remember i'm gonna get slightly off topic for a second i remember not too long ago someone i'd seen someone say like how do we like how do we like if they show homosexuality on tv like our kids have to like see that and they have to ask question for it. And the person's response to it was like, heaven forbid we have a conversation with our kids. <laughs> like That was the, the, the big problem was we have to talk to our kids yeah. about that. That's, that's the problem. That's so when weird to your me. kids that's probably so go to school and they are around so many, you know, LGBTQ, you know, sure. like someone who is trans, like right. how do they deal with that right. on a daily basis? You can't tell me that, it's just the TV that exposes them sure, to this. You know sure. what I'm saying? So, like, and life does. Yeah. So, I mean, I just remember like some of those stacked catalysts made me kind of backtrack it from a little bit and go, mm. 
you know, and I guess I was just self-aware enough, even at that age to just be like, wow, like these people don't really know what they're talking about. They're just criticizing things because they're uncomfortable with it. Mm. And, and then not wanting to have the conversation, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then as I got into a little bit older now, like the start of high school, um, so ninth grade or whatever that is. And, um, I got into debate and I went and I was really good at debate just cause I good bullshitter and talking and all these different things. And, um, so pushed with different philosophies and like was reading different religious texts and, um, you know, learning about, you know, philosophies of religion and, you know, how the social construct developed and these morals and mores and like all these different things. What was in it? What was inside of you that was digging for that, like pushing away from where you had come from or Uh, truthfully, I think it was almost happened by stance. I wasn't, I don't think I was digging into it because I felt a certain way. I was digging into it because I was really good at debate and I wanted to be better at debate and then started recognizing some of that in my own life. So it almost happened the opposite way where, you know, I was like, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, this is, um, you know, I, I came across something. I, I couldn't tell you exactly what it was, but it was something that was very agnostic driven and talking about that. And I was like, how like, come I didn't grow up as Christian. I'm just saying that out right. loud. Like, you know, I didn't become a Christian until I was yeah. 23. I think we so. talked about yeah, that. Yeah. 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 So um, I'm, I'm going through secular stuff all the same as yeah, you during yeah, yeah. Uh, high school and everything. And, and I'm like, how come, I guess even at that time, I was like, how come our answer can't be, we don't know. Absolutely. Like, that's weird that everyone has like, this is the answer. This is the answer. Absolutely. And I was just like, you know, doing debate stuff. I was like, sometimes it was more powerful not having an answer. Cause then you are free to look for the answer. And like, that was like really powerful to me. And so even still to this day, no matter how I kind of wax or wane on religion, I just still consider myself very agnostic. Cause I was like, I think it's silly for anybody to like, be like, oh, this is the answer to this. Like, so yeah, that's kind of been my long term of things. And I have friends all across the board. Um, you know, I've probably lessened myself from friends who have looked down on different parts of culture because of their religion. Cause I think that is frustrating to me personally, mm-hmm. because I've met people in all walks of life and I've traveled a lot. Um, I've, I, I'm a people person. So I talk to people everywhere I go. And, um, so I, I enjoy other people that are open to that and do that. <laughs> Any thoughts, guys? Any questions for him? Uh, All right, I'll see you guys later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think you hit on something like incredibly important right right there at the end, um, and something that matches a lot of my own story. You know, I grew up very, very, very religious. Um, in the church, all the things, um, very charismatic too, and I had that mentality of like looking down on culture around me like I was so much better than it um going through high school very holier than thou and then um yep, me too college in there was uh I, I sometimes I still find myself like twinges <laughs> of that it's so yeah, frustrating absolutely but that doesn't uh, I think people in general whether you're oh, religious yeah. or not but it's just having the self-awareness enough to stop yourself right right yeah right no I uh, agree. and check that and just say <laughs> for me personally like my, I'm no better you know yeah. what I'm saying like uh, it, who am I to judge that person like just because 
I know something they're doing. It's like, man, I screwed up this morning. You know, it's like, that's something we talk about a lot on this show is being able to have grace for yourself and being able to let shit go. You know what I'm saying? Like let others shit go, but also be able to forgive yourself as well. You know what I'm saying? And be able to move past that. But anyway, sorry. Um, Yeah. But what I was thinking of, um, what happened for me when I hit college was so much of my bubble expanded, right? Like I, I went to a public school here, but it was still a relatively conservative high school. Mm. Um, but in, in college, especially in computer science, like we, it is incredibly diverse at the college. Uh, well, to my tiny little white bread mind, right? Um, it's still Eastern, so it's still pretty white bread. <laughs> but getting to getting <laughs> to meet people, um you know, from, from, you know, not only different countries, but different backgrounds and, you know, understanding that, you know, people who, um, who experience sexuality in different ways are not, you know, these awful evil people. And they ended up being some of the most kind and wonderful and loving and arguably Christ-like people that I have ever met. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, you know, getting to hear, be around them and hear their stories, um, I think is so incredibly important it, to stop, to being able to stop saying it's, it's them and being able to stop treating them like the other. Um, and they weren't even giving their 10% to the church. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Heathens. no one does that. <laughs> Pretty rarely, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, totally. I mean, totally spot on for me as well. Same thing, like as I grew and like I said, I've always talked to people um, and I guess the other point that I really want to shine on as I've grown is that, I mean, I think everyone has the experience when you go from a kid into slowly, like I'm turning 40 this year. So I'm like full grown adult now. Like that's, man, we're your, all like, pretty 40? close. That's, that's <laughs> Jake's like, 40 I'm like, what's your, what's your 40? You're like, like Brennan. Most I'm uh, I'm only 38. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So the, Age Youngest? check. Not uh, by far. No. <laughs> Not that far. Like 12 years. Oh, older, yeah. I'm uh, 28. Yeah. So as, as, as you grow, <laughs> like obviously for the first thing that you start to do, the older you get, you start just realizing, oh, like my parents didn't know anything or like, I don't know anything. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 You know what I'm I saying? Thought, like, I thought the same thing. Like my like adults Parents. are all full of shit. Absolutely. Like, I'm an adult yeah, now. Exactly. Like, and so now like looking back on it and right. being so that, like I said, being a self-aware person, I'm like, Oh man. I mean, you know, my dad had me, when he was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a kid when I was 19 years old and now I'm turning 40 and I'd have a 20 year old, like I, I can't even imagine my life. I would like have been that. a crap dad. Yeah. I would absolutely. Been, I'd have been horrible. Yeah. Um, and I, you totally changes your life and what you do. And, um, you know, but, now with that, <clears throat> the thing that bothers me maybe the most now is because I am a textbook nerd and by nerd, I don't mean like screech from Saved by the bell. Cause I'm not that that's like a geek. I feel like nerd is anybody that gets obsessive over things and it lets that run their life. Mm. So is that good or bad? I think it's great. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Like it, it's not good. I, it's not good if it's if it's like a bad thing. Like you don't want to be a nerd about heroin, I guess, or like you know, um, you know, there's a but like things that you are so interested and in, extremely passionate about this one thing, or yeah, group of yeah, things. or yeah, a group okay. of things, okay. and uh, <clears throat> so it's weird to me that um, people who are religious 
aren't a nerd about their religion. Like, you know what I'm saying? They don't. What do you mean by that? I don't, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you. What do you mean by that? I think, I think being religious is very different than liking a sports team. So there's, there's people who nerd out so much on their sports team and know everything about it. Yeah. 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 And that sports team really has no day-to-day equivalency in their life. Besides that they turn on the TV on Sunday and say, go team with their thumbs up. Absolutely. If you are living your entire lifestyle by a, by a, whatever the feeling that you have and what you've read in this philosophy of life and all these different things that equivocate religion and you don't know anything about that. I totally support the people that live their life and study because that's like how you're living your life. You're mm-hmm. using the philosophies of something, putting it in practice. But if you don't know any of it and the, the best example is like I said, the rest of my whole entire family is religious. I was talking to my brother one day and my brother, cause now it's like, okay to, but my brother, unless you're with, with that other pastor, it's okay to like Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> my brother's a hardcore Harry Potter fan. That's his like nerdy thing. And yeah. so we connect on that. And I'm not even like a huge Harry Potter fan, but I love that he loves Harry Potter. But, um, I was like, that's awesome. we were, we were that's talking cool. about religion one day and cause my whole family is, they're not like, we're, we're all really close, but they're like almost like upset that I'm not as religious as them. Cause you know, they want me to be with them in heaven and, you know, be able to see my dad again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause my dad's passed. And, um, you know, so all these things kind of come up sometimes. And I was like, I was like, Michael, I was like, and How? do you mind me saying like, I, I know I've said this on the show before, but multiple people told you when your dad passed that you would have to convert, you'd have to be a Christian in order oh, yeah. to see your dad again like, in the afterlife, like right? Like guiltily yeah, yeah, yeah. said it to yeah. me. Too. Not just, not just polite conversation. Like you need to find God or you're never going to see your dad again. And that was in direct response to him dying. Like That's what like I'm saying. Within like, days of him dying. Wow. Where I would have, I took everything in me not to hurt them. Wow. Like, you know, cause I was, I was really oh in a rough God. spot, but, I'm so um, sorry. but, uh, I'm having that conversation with my brother where I was just like, you know, who's religious and goes to church and has, you know, does all these things. And I'm like, you live your whole lifestyle by this philosophy. And I was just like, I was like, uh, I, I, I don't know. We weren't like deep in the religious side of the conversation yet. And I was like, I was like, Oh, Hey Michael, what's the second book of Harry Potter? And he's like something, 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 whatever. Like I like said, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan or whatever. And like starts like getting excited because we're going to talk about Harry Potter or whatever. And then I'm like, what's the second book of the Bible? And he didn't know it. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's weird. And he's he a self-proclaimed Christian. He didn't. That's get, what I'm like, saying. Forced to memorize like, that song back in Sunday I know, school. right? Don't <laughs> sing it. <laughs> I can't remember most of it. That's fine. And like nothing not, against him. Like, not, and, 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 and it's not no, against my brother. My brother is like my favorite person in the world. But there's just so many people like that. Yeah, like, no. Absolutely. Religion isn't anything they're even really passionate about. They're just like kind of in it. And so I'm like, if that's yep. the type of religious person you are, I, yep. I, I have a hard time connecting with you Absolutely. because I get geeked out about Thundercats Absolutely. and know more about Thundercats than anybody I know. Chris and I and are fist you, bumping. I'm just saying that out loud. I'm Googling again. <laughs> um, and if you, and that is such a subtle nothing in my life. Like I'm wearing a snarf shirt right now. Absolutely. Um, I, I just Google realized that, uh, dude, that is it's awesome. a snarf terminator. Nice. Sure. What's the subtext? Come with me if you want to snarf. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, and, uh, you can have and that's my not back, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
I don't know what Starf is either. <laughs> okay. Oh, I, I'm, travesty. I'm, I'm, Anyways. I'm 38. Anyways, go ahead. No, and so it's uh, a, like if you can't get into like something that's running your life. I mean, I get into something that is just an obscure 80s TV show that I liked. As an obsession, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so like if something was truly running my life... I would be, and I had that thing that you guys all have that it's like this religious, like, um, hold. Like, I would be so passionate about it because right. it's like this truth that I feel like I have. And, like, yeah. I don't I don't even get that out of Thundara. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, you know, so that that's always been one of my qualms, too. And is it, maybe it's because I'm as nerdy as I am that I don't get why more people don't nerd out. I totally respect, like, you, and I'm introducing you to my buddy, John. And like you guys live your life around, like I mean, you're oh yeah, you're yeah writing yeah. down Absolutely. Bible verses before we're starting or whatever. Like that's how I would be if I was mm. a religious person, or that's how I would be. You know, that's how I am with things I'm passionate about. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Nathan, I remember having a conversation, and I don't know if you want to bring if I can bring it up or not, but you said that your son. I'm gonna- <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we, we're not doing this live. We can edit it later. That's true. Sure, we could cut it out. That's now, funny. Brennan, the <laughs> you you said your son so has a yeah. <laughs> pretty good bullshit meter. You remember uh, saying yeah. something like that? Yeah, remember that? Yeah, uh, th- just turned fourteen. Yeah. Um, the only reason I bring that up is because I think we're talking about authenticity when you're saying all this. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's the authenticity. Um, especially like your son, Alex, right, mm-hmm. uh, is able to point out and be able to call, especially within the church. And, and one thing I will say. Honestly, it's more painful in the house. What do you mean by that? I totally oh, agree with me, you. He's made me a better dad. Has he? Because, yeah, he'll just be like, that doesn't make sense. And you're like, yes, <laughs> you're right. Kids are amazing at really pointing doesn't. out uh, logical and fallacies. Do you Do you ever, like, fight that? Like defend yourself, like whatever, man. Like uh, you know, justify yourself. There was a period of time I did, yeah. Um, because we probably all grew up in this somewhat, but there used to be a culture of adults are just right. Yeah, right. That's like, what I'm just saying. because yeah, you're absolutely. a kid. Not that your opinion doesn't matter, but it can be easily overruled. Right. And there was something that happened, if probably I'm guessing five years ago now, that just made me be like, whoa. I'm treating my kids and kids in general, so on and so forth as like less valuable and like they're less smart and their opinions don't matter. And obviously they're less experienced and that has to be factored in. Sure. But if a kid's right, a kid's right. And you don't have to put them down just because they're 12. Right. You know? So yeah, they, we have a lot of good conversations about stuff like that. And, and, and some to- of it's like, you, dude, sometimes you just got like school, for example, like <laughs> get the paper. Get to graduation. Okay. You need that diploma. This is bullshit. This is, yes, I know it is. Okay. This part of it is, I get it, but you have to go through the system to get the piece of paper that you need for your life. And that's the way this part of the world works right mm-hmm. now. So deal with it. So there's some of that that has to be said, but sure. him calling out a hypocrisy or something that doesn't make sense when he's right, I try and let him go with it. Often you're going to say something. Well, yeah, I I totally get that. First of all, has anyone ever needed their high school diploma for anything? Have you ever had to pull it out and show it for something? Uh, to get into college, that was it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't impress my friends. 
I don't know. I could just tell people that it's, <laughs> no. you, know, you just have it framed in I'm, your house. Yeah, I and it, you, you I, I've built a neon podcast. border around it. You know there what I'm saying? Yeah. And flashes. You sound like an entrepreneur, though, right? From what you're saying. Yeah. So as an entrepreneur, you seldom need it. Yeah. There would be a lot of. I mean, you can get obviously your GED equivalent. That's true. Um, but there would be a large part of the workforce that would require it. Like even if you're a doctor, you'd have to like show you graduated high school. No, well, to get to college, to get to med school, school, you would. Oh, would you? My yeah. point is just I graduate just high school. No, no, and I'm not even so. doing that. <laughs> just, Jeez, you're head, worse than my like, kid. Don't you're yeah. not coming. You're, you're not coming. I, I was that kid though. So <laughs> just, no, I think you know. it's it's valid. I, mm-hmm. I appreciate because I bought into the system and tried to succeed in the system, and I appreciate the world from especially him of my kid so far, but. I don't appreciate his perspective more than the rest of my kids, but I appreciate what his perspective has taught me about how much of it doesn't make sense. I would ask like to your point though, like what I think you're trying, what Chris is trying to say and other Chris is trying to say is like, it's <laughs> when you're having the bullshit meter and you're telling your son, like you got to do this because it's, this is what the, how the world works. But like there are ways around that like your kid could get a GED he could then go to junior college early and then could get like if that's what he's searching for like so like like I would say like to push you on that like couldn't isn't there a way to like to work the system uh when he's older maybe yeah, yeah I'm not going sure. to let him know that exists yet yeah. okay Four, fair, fair enough that, that's yeah. no probably super yeah he needs to get yeah. out of middle school at least. <laughs> okay yeah. I, I thought maybe he was in high yeah. school I you know no, I'm, not, he's 14, I, yeah. I'm not pushing you I just like I am pushing you but I just want to be like oh I'll totally question like running start right now running start is different that's, that's yeah. not the I mean that you have to you get your diploma along with that right Which running is, start like, would be something he's not interested in uh, because it's more school sure he just wants to be a you, an influencer. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, it's a very fair point. Um, but the I, thing I, with high school diploma is it's like the base level. Mm-hmm. And I know it, like you'll never have to show it usually or whatever, but if you don't have that, there's a lot of doors closed. And unless you're super passionate about a specific yeah. direction at 16, just get it. Yeah. So that you have more open doors, potentially more. Like I didn't go to college. Okay. Do I regret that? No, I've never wanted to go through a door that required college, but there's a lot of closed doors to me because of that. Yeah. I I guess my point I was going to get at was I graduated with a two AAs with graphic design and web design, and I didn't actually graduate with them. I graduated I didn't graduate. I need need like 10 credits still. And I've gotten, I built an entire career off of, saying I have this AA degree that never really <laughs> mattered in the first place. Like, like graphic designers don't need to have, you don't have to have a degree to be successful. And so I guess my point was like, I feel like I built my career off this f- fake, de- fake degree that I have. And I've m- have multiple jobs and no one ever, like Chris says, never checked. Yeah. Never checked that. Mm-hmm. Maybe if someone actually checked my references, maybe I wouldn't be where I am today, but um, your career is built I, on a throne. Of I would like, I would really like to find a way to segue this back to the, the conversation that we were yeah. having. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. Good segue. But before you, before you brought up the this diploma thing, the thing I was going to say as a battle, like I don't have a kid, so I don't know that yeah. exact battle, but I've definitely caught myself around like younger people who, you know, you feel like 
by your experience, you should know more than them or whatever. And, and then, like I said, catching yourself like, you know, it's really hard to tell yourself that you're wrong sometimes mm-hmm. or tell yourself mm-hmm. that I'm an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you remind yourself that you're Joe Rogan, I think, has an amazing he's catching some heat right now. So I don't know if it's like the, the best source to bring up. But uh, I don't think uh, it affects our Spotify contract. No, really. no. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, to you're be good. fair, Spotify's on the Joe Rogan like, yeah, that, well, Spotify, yeah. Joe Rogan doesn't need Spotify. Spotify needs Joe yeah, Rogan. Sure. So, um, uh, but he has a great thing where he's talking about, he's like, I've been a professional comedian. Just talking about how dumb he is. Like I've been a professional comedian for 30 years. And he's like, I don't know anything. Like, I don't even know how a microphone works. He's like, what's in here? Loud shit. Like, he's like, I don't know. Like, it's just, so it's just very that like being self, once again, self-aware enough to, be like, dude, you can learn from anything. I, I'm a dog dad for the first time ever in my life. And, uh, I've learned a ton from my puppy and it's not even human. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just how to enjoy things that are patience, like simple patience and, um, you know, simple, simple things. Yeah. 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 The, the experience and being old just means I've learned how more things don't work or, what processes don't work. Mm-hmm. There's, there's definitely value to experience and age, but I'll, I'll tell you it's Chris with a K, right? Yeah. Okay, here we go. So Chris with a K <laughs> hasn't heard the story, but one of the big turning points to me was I, and I can't remember exactly what kids it was, but I think it was like five years ago. One of my younger sons, we had three boys and a girl, but in the story, three boys. Um, and one of the younger kids just reached out and smacked my oldest son in the face, okay, out of anger. And my response to that was to reach out and hit my kid in anger on the mm-hmm. butt and call it a spanking. And just the hypocrisy of that in that moment, like, caught me and is one of, at least in my mind, one of the more pivotal shifts in the directory of my th- or trajectory of how I think mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Where I was just like, I'm really just like him. I just know how to do it in a way that the culture I exist in would call it appropriate. 100%. But it was the exact same. I, I hit him out of anger just like he did. And it's cool because I'm an adult. And I just went, holy crap. The amount of authority that you have, the amount of times authority gets abused, and I don't mean abused on the on like the, the gross scale, but just I can do it because I'm in charge authority, whether it's... Um, with employees or family or in a church setting is crazy. Once you start to notice it, it's crazy mm-hmm. in myself. This, it's is, crazy in myself. Is that eye for an eye? Like, I mean, no, it's just the culture says you're in charge. So I can be five minutes late to work because I own this place, sure. but I can fire you for being five minutes late to work. Even though I told you I will be here at seven for a meeting, but if I'm five minutes late, Oh, I had something come up. Okay, I get to say that because I'm in a place of, and I don't mean these words in like the gaslighting way they're used now, but I'm in a place of privilege and authority. But if you're five minutes late to the meeting, even if I'm five minutes late and you're seven minutes late, I so, can fire you. So let me I ask you this, would, Nathan. But, would you want, for example, your employees to call bullshit on that, call you out on that? Uh, I call, I mean, they don't have to because I do, but... But would you be offended? Would you mind? Um, you know what I'm saying? There, there have been times that it's happened. Um, I won't say I've never been offended that it happened, but I'm 
getting to where I'm not offended when it happens. I know I shouldn't be. How about that? Me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely fair. It's, it's, fair. it's definitely Absolutely. happened, but it's also like this experience happened before I opened this place. And so the, this has been a good journey on how to treat people. Um, the, the model I try to live my life by it just for background is, is love, God, love people. And so just trying to sort out how that works in like a culture where it says basically that people are commodities as far as what do they bring to your bottom line or benefit to your right. company. Um, and, and trying really hard not to look at people through that lens. I had so many relationships, friendships based upon that. Like, oh, really? Even, yeah. even if it's subconscious, even if it's not conscious, yeah. like at the front of my mind, like, yeah. well, you know, it's like I have this group of friends or this person, blah, blah, blah. What do they bring to the table? Things like that. But I, you know, one thing I just want to say, um, like you were talking about your folks, your parents and realizing they don't know everything. Um, I got to that point, like just for me, you know, I saw the bullshit meter like uh, within the church. Um, I was on staff as a pastor and saw behind the scenes type stuff. And nothing, I saw nothing will turn you off from wanting to be in a church, like seeing how the sausage is actually made. That's it. Exactly. And my own personal bullshit meter was going off the charts. You know what I'm saying? Just being able to see the hypocrisy that we're talking about of the, <laughs> What I'm reading in this book is not lining up with your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, where, <laughs> where are um, those folks that uh, don't love money? Where are those folks that don't hate, that don't have envy and greed? You know what I'm saying? Or at least trying, trying not to have those things. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, like working at it. Like, okay, I get that sometimes I can be a dick or a hypocrite. I'm working on it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like being able to admit it and being able to say, okay, I'll try to do better next time. I guess my takeaway for that is like you said, with your folks is now coming at a place of that same grace for pastors and other Christians. If that makes any sense of knowing, like I would appreciate someone saying, Hey, I don't have all the answers from within the church. Mm -hmm. I would appreciate a Christian being able to admit that. Like I imagine a pastor just in the middle of his sermon, like, dude, I don't know the, uh, the, this verse at this time or something like that. I don't know the answer to this. You know what I'm saying? Go research on your own. Like I would appreciate that level of honesty and that mm -hmm. level of openness because maybe we can all learn from it. Maybe we can all grow and say, you know what? This guy's not perfect. I put them on pedestals, you know what I'm saying, in the past. And realizing, hey, they're just a human being like me. You know what I'm saying? They make mistakes. Just, you yeah, know? I think it's probably tricky, though, because, like, when you're a pastor, I guess not only is it, like, uh personal philosophy that you're, like, engaged with inside you, but then it's also your job. Mm -hmm. absolutely 100 so percent. then i feel like maybe that gets weird <laughs> this is if, good if, man if, if people, chop it up if, yeah if people came into my work and then i had the, i was like like as much as i would respect it too out of a pastor if someone came into my work right and they said well how do we do this we want to like you know do this 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 and i was like i don't know yeah. like you know would they respect that like right. you know because they probably go somewhere else to someone that does know so like 
I think that's really tricky to probably this is good, do man. both this those conversation to do both those lines, Absolutely. you know, where it's it like, is. Hey, like have enough, you know, thing to say, you know, like, Hey, like I don't have all the answers, but then also that's your job to kind of mm-hmm. have some of those answers, you know, yeah. and it goes back to, you know, maybe the people who are more nerdy about the religion, you know, to, you know, who does know that kind of stuff? Like what is the right answer? I will spend all their time researching. that. I will just say, I know you want to say something. (laughs) Paul did say that he would rather die than get paid to preach the word. I will just say that. Like, I I know this, uh, this like is shocking. Uh, Like uh, the, Oh my gosh, that somebody would actually be able to preach the word just because of love, just because of passion, just and not getting paid as a job. You know what I'm saying? But that's how Paul viewed it as well. You know what I'm saying? That mm. he remained a tent maker. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's amazing. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You're good. No, um, I, I was, I was just thinking on what, uh, what Chris with the case was saying with, um, you know, that, that idea, like this is your job at the same time, like being, being uncertain. Um, like I definitely felt that even when it wasn't like I was a part-time worship pastor, right. For three years. Um, but even when it wasn't like when I was a youth leader or whatever, like it was the, the thought of having uncertainty or uh, the thought of not having an answer or an answer close by was deeply troubling. Um, because it, it like, I was that scary. Oh, ter- okay. like tremendously so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you like any. I'm assuming you all have felt something similar. Sure, being absolutely. In, um, absolutely. Positions leadership, of leadership yeah. in ministry, and absolutely. so, um, it, you know, it was this this sort of terrifying thing, and um, I th- I wonder if a lot of that feeling comes out of like the church has become as an institution, um, this thing where it's it's a product it's a commodity we're we're yes. providing we're providing people i would argue ideological safety um yes and it's sorry nathan <laughs> i love it that's nathan's making faces no i'm What's just up? saying yes i mean that's what he's laughing i'm just at laughing me. at chris i know so oh, okay I, go ahead sorry. I, I totally get that like, yeah i mean that that totally makes so much sense <laughs> and it's a but also as an entrepreneur like i have specifically crafted my life to make money off the things I'm passionate about. Right. Right. So at the same time, I understand if somebody grows up within a church setting and like they're passionate about, uh, uh, spreading that word and they find a way to craft it into a job, then like more power to them. Like you're doing something you love and you're making money off of. So I understand Mm -hmm. the path that that takes, but then that gets dangerous in anything. Cause that's what, when you get, so like, let's take sex work. Like this is a, in my head, like a great example of it because let's say, you know, they have like the cam girls or whatever that is now. And then it's like, uh, you, you start, there and go, Hey, I can make money off of doing something that is like, you know, simple, easy money. And then it's like, uh, now anytime that you think of sex, you're equating it with money, right? Like, yeah. like, yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. like, you're yeah, like, yeah. wait, like if I'm going to masturbate, I might as well do it and make money make off of it or whatever. Right. So that I think that happens with anybody. Like when you're doing something that you're passionate about, I mean, I don't know if that's in your passion about or whatever, but you know, um, in the same time, like I could see, Hey, like, why would I preach the word? 
like when I could make money preaching the word, like, right. you know what and I'm saying? Like, and the power dynamics that come sure. with being in leadership and ministry too, like that, it, so much more. I think it's water. just, it can be a slippery slope in, in any yeah. position. No, absolutely. Because then it's like every time, cause, and I am guilty of that too, because I have made a whole entire living off of taking things that I'm passionate about. And, um, and making money off of them. I did it with music. Absolutely. I do it with art. I do it with food. Like I do it with alcohol. Like I, the things that I'm very knowledgeable about, I'm able, I've been able to take those and like people pay me to come eat at their restaurant now. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a very, it's a very weird Anything? deal. Hey, I bought donuts on that. I bought, I bought donuts. I didn't, know, I didn't know how honored I was. <laughs> it's restaurant week starting today, so I have like nine straight. I have nine straight days of having to go eat in restaurants. Can we get that sponsorship hard, on here too? Okay. Yes. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Food, no. food finder approved, right? You need a date or something to those restaurants. I know. I. Um. Sorry, we were just talking about. Uh, sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> power, power dynamics, um, uh, but being cam like girls, being paid no. cam girls. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we're talking about uh, it, towards the end of my leadership, uh, my time on staff yeah. is I was getting a steady paycheck. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Just to be able to do. Um, when they first offered me a job, I thought awesome. Now what I do. Um, because I love, now I'll get paid to do it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Woo. Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? And then slowly it changed and I realized, holy shit, this is not what I actually love to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, and then all of a sudden I started to wonder if I was doing it for the right reason, if I was doing it to serve God, or if I was just doing it for a paycheck. Mm. Right. I'm just saying that from my own personal experience. I'm not saying I mean, every pastor's like that. Not, yeah, uh, nothing like that. I mean, mine's yeah. hard to separate the two at some point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, mine's not far off from that experience. Like, I was, I was, and I'll call it very lucky, I was very lucky to be only doing worship ministry part-time and making uh, great wages at my other job doing uh, software engineering. And so, um, but even then it started uh, for me, it, I don't feel like it became that sort of power dynamic or I was just doing it for a paycheck, but it became um, uh, like I was, I was quote unquote subject to that other leadership that was there. Mm -hmm. And it became kind of this like shackle almost um, because there were severe differences, not in a, I, I think we'll call it opinion. We can get into theology at a different time, but um, like, and I remember authority talking about that. I think again, being used kind of as a club and that's that sort of, when we had some major issues, I remember being on the phone and just so frustrated because I was just trying to do the right thing. And um, long story short about the the content of the worship service and he basically called out he was like well i'm the one who signs your paychecks and i almost just mm. cut off the phone right there and i got lucky enough because you know that that wasn't my primary source of income but even then it was already just that you know that stranglehold my my pastor like my first day on the job 
He says, okay, congratulations. This is his first words of advice to me. Congratulations. Now you have to bring in 10 new tithing families to cover your salary. Oh, that feels so icky. What? Oh, that feels it's so like, icky. It's like, what did I sign up for? It's like, that's oh. crazy sauce. Take a shower. But that's a, that's what happens when you get a job. You got to work. <laughs> like, I know, like, I mean, that's your job is to, like, when you, I mean, no matter what job you uh, have, like, we were talking about this on the right end. Like, eventually, with your passions and they become your jobs, they eventually, they become job. They be, there's a point where it's just a job. Right. And then you have your passions that, and then you have your passions of, what your job is like i get the podcast all the time i don't love all the podcasts i do some of them they pay the bills but i still do those passion projects that i do and those are the t- that's what like brings me joy so like i guess my point to what you're saying is like that's your job but like you still get the your if your passion's jesus like you're still getting to worship you know like and but i understand what you're but like do you yeah what, what's your rebuttal to that um I don't think uh, what I originally was passionate about was I was reading the Bible and getting very passionate about like, oh, my gosh, I, you know, we need to be less of a dick. We need to love more. You know what I'm saying? I was getting very passionate about this type of stuff. And then it was almost like a bait and switch. Like what goes on at the church, uh, my church experience is very much a show, is a presentation and this uh, like kind of like acting, you know, uh, let's just say a stage production, you know what I'm saying? Like you have the showtime, a lot of prep for it, a lot of uh, hype for it and everything like that. And you got to sell tickets <laughs> and you got to sell tickets um, because the realistic part is that they have power bills, too. They have light bills, too. You know what I'm saying? They have salaries, too. Yeah. And that's, I mean, not taxed. Well, right. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, and, that's, and that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Uh, but uh, but uh, that, that's like that's where it gets sticky, because on, on many cases, I am almost completely for just tearing down the church as an institution. Um, like the, because sure things become a job and that's fine. And there, but um, you know, the, because of the money and the power dynamics and et cetera, the, the true honest gospel does get lost many times. But on the other hand, you're absolutely right. Logistics are a thing like just, you know, ministering to, hundred people even requires a lot of stuff. And especially if you're trying to add in more um, organizational things, like mm. ideally churches are going out and serving the poor, the needy, the widow and the orphan. Do they do that on a um, no. large scale? Statistically? No. Um, whole other rant, but you know, there, there are logistics to be considered. And so I guess that's where like I've, sure. I'm attempting to temper my just tear it all down uh, mentality. But uh, I, I, I'm not proposing tear it all down. All I'm saying is like, let's be honest about what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's right. all. That's all I'm saying is like, if you are getting something from this community, awesome. Fantastic. Like, let's be realistic and say, Hey, the pastor does need, you know, a salary or something like that. Or if that's the, if that's the group that you're signing up with, you're going to have to pay this amount to be able to sustain that. Sure. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like 
being open and honest and realistic about what we're a part of and what we're involved with right. might be a, a different way of rephrasing yeah, that. And there's you know a difference between paying the pastor and paying for the pastor's private jet. Like or oh, but you know okay, but My if if, if your church is cool with your pastor having a private jet, okay, that's what you want to pay for. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. well, let's I, stop pretending that this um, money is going towards God or something like right. that. It's like you are paying this guy's jet, for example. You know what I'm saying? Or his vacations or his lake house. You know what I'm saying? Like. I understand. I get it. And it's like, it all takes, it's all logistics and it all takes money. But yeah. And I think, I think that's, that's very ideal. Like as, as furious as I am with the Krepco dollars of the world, um, private jet pastors, um, like the, ideally the truth would come from the top down. You want to pay for this guy's private jet to, and to have him speak inspirational speeches. Sure. Whatever. But that's, that's not the truth that's coming from the top down. I read a university of Washington study. I think it was the, this study, but they said that the average person in order to keep the lights on and the, uh, and the pay for the everyone's salary, blah, blah, blah. Average person at a church of 250 has to pay 20 bucks every single Sunday in order to make this actually function. So that means a family, and I could be wrong. Nathan's Googling me. He should. I'm doing math. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing math. A family of four needs to pay 100 bucks every single week to come and be a part of this. And I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it's wrong, but let's be open and honest about what it mm-hmm. is. You know what I'm saying? And they're getting something from it as well. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's community, whether it's a sense of, that much a year. I haven't personally seen a church run off 260 a year with 250 people. Then maybe that's more. Might be like one pastor. No, this was like a life center style church. So try 5,000. That's only, I'm, I'm, I'm making an issue out of the wrong part of your point. Just yeah. ignore yeah, me yeah, and yeah. keep going. Sorry. <laughs> anyways. So uh, anyways, if we can at least be realistic about like, uh, let's just say for a concert, for example, I plop down... 70 bucks, go uh, go see a concert, right? Often that's cheap. Yeah, that's cheap. I'm going paying for an experience for something. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's nothing tangible. I mean, you go to a concert for a feeling, right? Yeah. Or an experience, right? Yeah. But Do some people go to church for the same reason, for a sense of peace, for an experience, for a sense of community? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying there's not very real things that that – business is not providing does that make sense 100 the the my only qualm with it my only issue is that you make you brought jesus into it you know what i'm saying and sold him that's my only qualm with it is that it all gets mixed up and then you walk away with this sense of um eternal comfort the sense of peace if that makes any sense like we often felt my wife and i um as long as we were in the church, we were in the boat. Like, we're going to heaven. You know what I'm saying? We're locked in. You know what I'm saying? Um, I heard many a sermons, like, um, using the illustration of, like, a zebra wandering off in a pack. You know what I'm saying? And then the, they get eaten by the lion. You know what I'm saying? So, Hebrews 10.25, you got to come to church. You got to keep coming to church every single week or else you're going to be that zebra. You know what I'm saying? You'll get picked apart. You know what I'm saying? Like, Nathan, any thoughts? No, keep going. 
just as a quick sidetrack is as soon as you mentioned lion i came up with my favorite bible thing of all time you ever notice in every value store like thrift store anything that has like a painting of noah's ark it's always two lions with male like male lions with oh manes yeah going yeah, into yeah, noah's yeah. ark i'm like how did, i'm like, I'm like how did that happen that no one no one that knew animals ever did like Bible painting-y things. Like, it's always, go did look you, at any of them. It's always two male lions. While we're, while we're on something? this tangent, did you, uh, like, there are a lot of older paintings of Noah's Ark and things like that that will have unicorns in them oh. because of a uh, mistranslation in, from oh, Hebrew yeah. to Greek to Absolutely. English. There was some animal in uh, the Old Testament that the Greek didn't quite have the right word for, and so they, they used some sort of like single-horned animal. I forget what the actual Greek was. A narwhal. And somehow, yeah, <laughs> but somehow that got translated as unicorn, and I think it was the King James. It might have been whatever yeah, was, English Bible came before. It definitely unicorn in King James. Yeah, and uh, so that's why occasionally in like these paintings of Noah's Ark, you'll see unicorns. <laughs> Anyways, sorry, Brennan. So I haven't been to church in 15 years, 20 years. Uh, do church, my church was transparent about how they made money. Like we knew how much money our pastor made. We knew how much money everyone made in the church. Like it was like, it was like a board. Like I went to like a downtown Spokane event yesterday where like we voted on the new members coming in and like they have, they have oversights that they have to abide by to be able to to function and like do, do don't churches have a sense of transparency so <laughs> is that not, do they I don't know that anymore um sometimes yes the so i have i have been a part of uh, i would count for different churches long term only one of them had that type of transparency mm. even close to it um the last church that i worked at one of the big things that i um i wish i would have picked up on a lot sooner because it was you know it, it major red flags right um was that there, you know, there was no real honest eldership board or deaconship like that was really arguably keeping the pastor in check, we'll say. Um, there was a trustees board kind of that would maybe have a say in how finances are used, but there was no no public information on how the pastor was being paid, where our money was going, all these sorts of things, which again, logistics, blah, 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 money has to like the, the, world culture operates on money fine i will see that a lot but the lack of transparency is a huge huge thing for me at least in and um i mean we would get the church financials quarterly you know what i'm yeah. saying as a as a as a membership as a body um i guess my only issue is brennan is um i don't see a lot of the church um, putting that towards what Jesus thought was important. Gotcha. That's my only. Uh, oh, there's that too, for sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I, that's I, that's what I was getting. At. I, that's why I was wondering. Like, I guess like when I think of any business, like you're you have your you have to keep the lights on. And I guess what it kind of sounds like to me, and maybe I'm off, is like if Nathan was making donuts and then promising that this is going to change your life, and then someone then they ate it. Someone ate a donut and it didn't change their lives. That's when someone's going to get kind of pissed off. If I was promising everyone like, Hey, if you start a podcast with me, you're going to become the next Joe Rogan for lack of better terms. If you're going to eat at my restaurant and you're going to have everlasting life and you don't get that, or I don't know that's, I'm, that's a bad point, but like or, or I, peace I, or happiness or joy. So like you're basically what you're getting at is like, 
the, all this stuff was happening and you were not experiencing the, right. the joys of being a part of a church. And so you felt ripped off. They definitely have a tough sell. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And what, it's, do you, what do you mean they have a tough sell? I'm, like that, a hard sell, like high pressure tough, sales? Is that, that well, no, I'm saying that's a tough sell. Like from a, if we're talking about church as business and that you're supposed to be getting a tangible product, let's call it from it. Mm. That's a tough sell. Like that, Hey, we're going to bring you peace or joy or happiness. Cause that's such a personal, I'll put my controversial right. opinion you're, in there first really fast. Because uh, I think it that's varies. why is that what you're saying? It, it depends on each person. Is that what you're saying? Why yeah, is like, it? A, I'm, I'm never happy. Like, you're not, you're not going <laughs> to like, like the, the, uh, jalapeno pineapple donut helps a little bit, but right. like that's mm, like it. That does you know what I'm really saying? Good. I'll put my I very controversial opinion in here. Um, I think that's why charismatic churches do so well. For sure. Because what does that mean? So charismatic churches, and again, we can get into the whole theology of it a, a little later, but they operate in my experience. I'm trying to, trying to not speak to, in too general terms, um, operate on, on feelings. Um, the group, the big giant crowd, all singing the same song. Um, you know the heavy, the heavy mm-hmm. music. Uh, like, yeah, art, what's the theatrical experience you talking about? Yeah. That's yeah. A, it's an emotion. It's a very it's a feeling. feeling. The, yeah. the, the glory cloud. Um, Absolutely. Like that's and so it's that's a much easier sell to get people to bring in their tie. Yeah. Or having having the tough conversations about sex and drugs and all these. Uh, things. Why would we do that? That is a that is the uncomfortable conversation, the things that need to happen, but that doesn't make people feel happy. Oh, like that, that is not basketball at church and, uh, right. You the know, power team, the power, well, the power team, team might kind of, I mean, frankly, but that's usually the whole like, yeah, yeah, so absolutely. So hundred uh, percent. Yeah. Brennan, you have a thought? Uh, my point, to, I, mean, I was going to say to Jacob, like is, those type of churches have, have really good have a really good product that's why yeah thousands of people go yeah. there yeah. like the church on over by the falls like there's reason why thousands of people go there it's because they have a really good product yeah and then but like dying churches that are congregations are all like 50 plus like they're dying because they're not they're not selling a good product anymore I guess and like, but that's not, but, but I guess what Chris is probably getting really like mad about is like, it shouldn't be about the product. It should be yes. about it's churches should be more about selling something and be more about like teaching people the word of Jesus. And that gets lost in those type of churches a lot because eventually it just becomes an Instagram church. Yeah. Right. And you know, if, if our, Good news is, in fact, so good. Why do we need to spend so much time selling it? Let me let me process that. That's a great point. And That's a great question. Let me let me also say, like, especially coming from being a worship pastor um, and you know trying to, uh, thoughts on worship and what worship truly means and all that sort of stuff. I don't honestly have a problem with you know um, high quality music, high quality production. Um, lighting, mixing, whatever. Like I, I worked on op- both sides of both uh, doing the music and and producing it live. It's not like I actually produced any tracks, right? Um, but running the soundboard, the lighting, things like that. And so I, I don't honestly have problems with those. But when that becomes the focus, is I think where we run into a lot of these issues. Agreed. I, and just to your point, Bren, um, I would love to see more churches be 
um, not just teach you the words of Jesus, but teach you the way of Jesus, mm-hmm, right. if that makes any sense. Like, yes. I would like to be able to see preachers get up there and, and Nathan has echoed this before and actually preach on greed and actually preach on money. Like how, um, how much do you actually love money? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, why is money such a big thing in your life or sex or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Those uncomfortable, they'll they'll, they'll preach on, they'll preach on sex. But it's very much the you sinner, you awful people who yeah, absolutely. And actually not not you, but those other people outside of there making it, ourselves feel better. Like I, but, but I, I, to Chris's point, I'm sorry to cut you. I am so no. Keep talking, keep talking. I'm <laughs> it's sorry. Okay, I still love you. Sorry. Uh, no, I this last Sunday, a friend of mine asked me to help out with the music at their church, uh, which is why I wasn't there on Sunday. Um, at the kitchen on Sunday, I should probably clarify. But, and so I was, I uh, went to the church and was helping out and the sermon was on um, effectively God wanting to bless you, but you've got to let things go. But the things that he was talking about letting go of were, um, oh, I'm just holding on, like you're holding on to all of this pain and sort of stuff. And it was just all a lot of like these hazy things, but nothing of the, you need to let go of your greed. You need to let go of your pride. You need to let go of arrogance. Like that's, that's what Jesus taught so much of in scripture. Absolutely. That we're, but we're just focused on the, you know, you need to let, let go of doubt, which is hilariously antithetical to scripture. And and all of the church, like the early church fathers embraced doubt. Come on, man. (laughs) That's good. Too many syllables. What does that mean? That's true. Uh, uh, I'm not the only opposite of the the idea being put forth. Ah, okay. That's your Jake definition. Like best of luck if that's I'm a writer though. So (laughs) (laughs) did I get it right then? I think it's okay. Cool. Uh, But it's, you know, like, but when we, um, I have a long streak on Wordle right now, yeah. so uh, so does everyone else in the world, but me. Apparently, <laughs> I don't either. Um, to your point on sex, and not just talking about you know how sinful, how shameful, blah blah blah, hush hush. Um, being able to actually talk about it, open and upfront, and how it affects every single one of us, and every single one of us struggle with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. To bring this, uh, like one of the thoughts that I had for today is. Um, and I don't usually quote a whole lot of scriptures on here, but when I can tell by that book full of scriptures that you've wrote no, down, there's like sketches oh. and stuff like that, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, but when John 14, six says, I'm the way, the truth and life, no one comes to the father except through me. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, it was just hitting me like a ton of bricks today. Like um, maybe he's, being uh, Jesus left us an example of like how to be less of a dick, how to love people a little more. Um, and maybe we've always taken that as a church and applied that to eternal security. You know, it's like no one comes to the father except through me, but maybe it doesn't say when you die. It, it, it says no one comes to the father except through me, but maybe there there's a place of that of finding peace with your creator of being in commune with your creator of just um, learning to love people a little bit more, um, learning to judge less, learning to have less greed in your life, less pride. Does that make sense? Like, um, so that's all I was uh, thinking when it comes to like John 14, 
six, I think a lot of times that gets taken out of context and maybe Jesus, and I have no idea. Again, I have no idea what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, but maybe Jesus, like first John two, six, um, it says he's left us an example. Like if anyone claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And that's what it says for Christians. It's like a rule, a, a number one rule. You must live as Jesus did and not putting him on this huge pedestal of he's perfection. And he is absolutely. I'm not de- debating that. I'm not getting into that. But again, having enough grace for yourself and realizing I'm probably not going to be Jesus. I'm probably not going to hit that bar every single damn time. You know what I'm saying? Who is always perfect. Who doesn't screw up and say the wrong word. You know what I'm saying? Like who um, sometimes screws up and just being able to forgive myself and let shit go. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, and, and maybe strive to be better in the future, you know, <laughs> strive to change, try to do better, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Like Christ talked so many times, um, over and over again about peace, but it was very much in the present tense, not in the, like, you know, better believe in me. Otherwise you're going to like, if you yeah, don't, you won't hell. have peace and you're going to go to hell. Yeah. Like that sort of a thing, which again, we can talk about theology later. Um, but one of the, one of the scriptures that, and I think I actually pulled up the right reference um, that a lot of the prosperity gospel bring up is John 10, 10. Um, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy. I came that they may have, have and enjoy life and have it in abundance or life and life more abundantly is. And they use that and like, man, I I should have more money. Oh yeah. But what if, what if that life and life more abundantly is, you know, the concepts of peace with your neighbor and love. Absolutely. Instead of something tangible, instead of something physical, you know, it's like, cause like you were kind of talking about that donut was good for a second. You know what I'm saying? Like brought you a little bit of happiness, but make better donuts, Nathan. (laughs) Make make more savory donuts. (laughs) donuts. Yes. But imagine, imagine if you could have a life that was a little more, um, you know, chill, a a little more stress, uh, a little less stressed and being able to actually, uh, I don't know. Um, the, uh, the other, Oh, point i wanted to talk about was uh in matthew eleven twenty. um it's the message translation uh can i read it for you real quick yeah but it doesn't count <laughs> thanks man <laughs> this is my favorite bible verse it's, i'm sorry i'm geeking out uh, for geeking out over it so. for those who don't know the message bible is often disparaged in churches because it's a not word for word translation yeah it's a uh, poetic uh interpretation i don't think there's much of a problem with it there we have other larger questions to answer about translation right now okay <laughs> um so this is matthew 11 20 never read this much scripture on a podcast i'm sorry man Chris was I'm okay. sorry. he's, he's like on. he's trying to show off to you i think no no i, I apologize <laughs> um it's a no 28 through 30 it says are you tired worn out burned out on religion come to me Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. This is Jesus talking. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn from the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Maybe Jesus is just saying, like, if you actually follow what I actually say and try to do, um, maybe you'll actually have a more prosperous life or abundant life. Like you said, you know what I'm saying? Right here and now, instead of like this place far away, you know, uh, in the future or something like that. 
maybe like I don't want to be that guy on his deathbed realizing I've been a dick to people my entire life or like push family members away. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the practical part that I'm actually talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like how many, how much ripples of pain did your life emanate over the course of your life? How many things do you look back on? How many uh, relationships do you regret burning? You know what I'm saying? Like to the ground, like that type of thing. Like maybe Jesus is trying to get you over that hump. Like when he's talking about, um, the rich man and Lazarus, like the rich man could not see the pain that he was causing this poor guy begging at his gates because money was such a factor in his life. You know what I'm saying? Like it had such a hold on him that it was actually preventing him from seeing a person, his love of money. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Do you guys ever just, I know you're probably trying to close stuff up. No, I still got do you, time. Oh, okay. Do you uh, ever worry, you guys brought up translation. Do you ever worry? I, as somebody who has lots of close personal relationships with a lot of people <clears throat> every once in a while, and as I do more influencery, I hate the word, influencery <laughs> type <laughs> stuff, um, stuff gets and I go on podcasts and um, have a huge social media presence and all these different things. There's people who garner an opinion of me because of something they thought I said or was misinterpreted them to how I said a thing. And then there's like negative energy there. And um, do you, I often then think when I think of the Bible, I'm just like, I'm like, man, like that's, like to have that long of like I so I try and go straight to the source every time. Like if someone I feel like there's weird tension with or whatever, be like, hey, or I hear that so I hear just lots of hearsay, like, oh, so and so, you know, doesn't like you for this reason or that reason or whatever. And so I often just cause I I'm okay with those conversations. So I just would go and talk to that person or whatever. You guys can't really reach out to your source. Like, or the original, like, do you get afraid on the translation side? Because I notice it in in, yeah. a, in a weak difference between what I've said and what it got back to Hell a person yes. at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, to, to answer your a, question. You're having to do yes. it across thousands of years? Like, what that You're absolutely right. There's, 100% that's right. scary man. to me. There like has been more than one time that I've wished to be able to travel back to Jesus day with like a tape recorder and just be like, okay, right, right. <laughs> tell us about this thing, this thing, but, are the gays really that bad? Like all, all that sort of stuff. And, and um, like, there are, there are a lot of questions being asked within a lot of Christendom. I will say that, you know, English translations, et cetera. Like how, how honestly accurate are there? Are yeah. They? How many unicorns are there? <laughs> right. And it's, and not to say that like, you know, it's casting doubt on all, all of scripture and things, but it's casting doubt on a lot of the sacred cows that we have definitely had, I think. Um, Absolutely. And it, you know, it, it has become such a big issue, I think, uh, because of this, this idea of the, um, inerrancy 
and yep. of scripture, which it, it has been preached in American churches for going on about a hundred years, maybe a little bit longer than that. It's a relatively over the grand scheme of 2000 years of Christendom, very relatively new idea that scripture is completely inerrant. Mm. Scripture is a collection of people's experience with the divine. People are not inerrant. I am, I am at this point comfortable with saying that scripture is not inerrant, which is a huge stepping stone for me, especially growing up charismatic. Um, but a lot of that comes from the idea of like even translation, even quote unquote perfect translation is an act of interpretation. Um, and <laughs> Greek is not one-to-one to English. Ancient Hebrew is not one-to-one to English. And so there's a lot of questions of like, did I, did we get these right? And even, even not necessarily questioning, you know, did we translate these words right? Cause Paul was known to come up with new Greek words effectively. That right. was apparently somewhat commonplace in the time of just like, did I, did I understand this right? Because I am so far removed from the cultural context. Even if we have Paul's writings or yeah, uh, any of the agree. gospel's writings. Word how for how word much word wine did John drink before he wrote that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, John and Patnos. And, uh, <laughs> actually, that, there is an interesting, I don't, I don't know the whole truth to this. There's, a, there's an interesting um, thing that, it, that people will talk about of John of Patmos who wrote Revelation is like Patmos had these really noxious gases that were known to cause hallucinations. <laughs> And he I've wrote never the book one. of Revelation on Patmos. So again, I'm not claiming the authenticity of that claim, but I so I heard it was Jaeger. <laughs> Jaeger would do it. You know what? Jaeger yeah. would do it. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I have long wondered like what translation is the right translation and then right as a relative term. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, I have gone kind of what Jacob was talking about from a, place in my life where this book is holy and every single word in it you live out and it's 100% literal everything like that I am now at a place where there is a lot that I don't understand there's a lot that I'm wondering if there's large chunks of the Bible that are allegory that are poetry Instead of literal, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think a lot of the times when we get so focused upon this one verse and then we'll like preach on it and plaster it everywhere, maybe we miss the point of the entire story that they were trying to say. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that saying one verse uh, out of context, like, please go actually read verses if you if you're questioning. But um All I'm saying is, like, I think, like, Genesis, for example, like, I think you miss the point of the entire book of Genesis if you get so hung up on, like, a seven literal days versus, like, you know, uh, one day is a thousand years. Like, there's a lot of different camps. There's a lot of different uh, beliefs and philosophies of that. Move past it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying that from my own experience. Like, let's have a real, honest, open conversation about the amount of crap that's in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, or stuff you're struggling with or anything like that. Like, where I'm at, Chris, is my faith cannot exist without a certain amount of doubt. For sure. Yeah, I get that. As agnostic as you are, I'm just saying, you know what? I'm just going to believe this. And I may be wrong, 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm okay with that. I'm okay to admit, like, I don't have all the answers or I might be wrong or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, um, I watched this documentary, um, on prime called marketing the Messiah. Have you ever seen this? Mm-mm. No, That's but it right sounds like something that it would be really interesting. It is really interesting. Um, it goes through with Bible scholars. It goes through, um, church history and, by the end, and it's very, I'll say slanted in a way, um, but it's very like questioning the Bible, if that makes any sense. And, qu- and towards the end of it, they even question if Jesus was a real person. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some scholars don't believe he was and blah, blah, blah. Watch it for yourself. I don't know. Um, but anyways, the only reason I bring it up is like, I approached it with an open mind and I didn't go into this thing like thinking, okay, these guys are, you know, disagree with me. These guys are messed up in the head, blah, blah, blah. But it got me to a point where I was able to look at this book and really hold it under a microscope and say, why do I believe what I believe about it? And to answer it, like, I don't really know. It's like, that's okay. That's what I'm at that point where it's like, that's, I'm totally just going to believe what I believe and you can do you, you know what I'm saying? I think that's why you're powerful and when what you guys are doing are powerful because in order to truly understand something, you have to dissect it. And unfortunately in a lot of theology, dissecting to a point becomes a bad thing. Like it's been frowned upon, right? Like it's like, it's like, it's like, how dare you even, you know, it means this and it means this and there's no, like, don't dig deeper. Like, and that's, you know, it's, that's can be scary to be, like I said, you know, you, you don't, it wasn't fun to like have people like to question, like, can I, you know, read interview with the vampire or whatever? Like this has nothing to do with any of that or, you know, but I wanted to just mention like about your, your question about like Christians and uh, like having to like go back thousands of years, like read something to like, like to justify like their actions or justify their beliefs. But like, isn't the biggest thing about like being a Christ follower is like just living by faith alone. Like that's like, and I think that would be an argument for a lot of Christians is like, there are a lot of different translations of the Bible and but like Christians are, I would say, called to to live by faith, and is that is that fair but to say? Like, but it's faith based on, like the yeah, but it's, it's faith it, you know it's faith saying, based but, on on the word of what they believe is true, right. and so like, and that's where I've always like had, and I struggle with this too. Is just like I always when I started when I left the church and I was like really going to that. I don't believe in this. This is not real. And then like when you argue with a Christian or I shouldn't argue, but like their, their rebuttal usually is faith. Like it's just, I have, I have faith that this is true. And like whether or not the Bible is real, it is still written by sinful men and people that are imperfect. None of these people were amazing people. Like, I mean, not amazing people. Some of them are amazing people, but they, it's all about faith. And like, I would say like, that would be the, the that argument that, but I can't speak on that because I'm not, I just got the but, George Michael song stuck in my head. <laughs> I like that. But uh, again, 
I think we're uh, missing the point when we overlook, like, if Jesus is saying, hey, envy less, have less pride, have less greed in your life, like, that's all the faith that I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, the amount of faith that Jesus is saying, okay, if you are, if you are less of a dick to people, maybe you'll actually have a better life. I think it, I guess where I'm coming from is so many of those things. Cause I see what you're saying. The stories and the theatrical and the, this and that, that's all fine and dandy. But like the point is this and yes. the point is this. Yes. The point is this. It's like the story conveying that point isn't the biggest deal. That's not. So we're arguing for, over semantics for, right, for thousands so, of years. Right. So for me then, if we just take those core points, you know, be better to people. Don't do this. Don't do this. I agree with all of that. Why do I need the Jesus side? That's my big thing. Like I, because that that's my number one thing is like I do all those things and I live my we fist side. bumped again. Sorry, <laughs> so, yeah, you so, call so, so Thundercats. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, you know, so I try to live my life that way, and that's why I get along with people of all different. You know, I, I don't care who you are, or what upbringing, socioeconomic, religion, like, I mean, politics. Yeah. Any of those things. Like if you're living by the same core creed as I am, then like, we're cool. Then we're, we're cool. Like, mm-hmm. did we just become best friends? <laughs> More think, room for activity. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. So. And, and the, ca- the counterpoint to a lot of that would be is that, um, you know, the, the idea of Jesus being the point. And then we're, we're getting back into questions on, you know, salvation. What does salvation even mean? Um, and I'm, I am struggling a lot with a lot of, of that right now. And I, I think I want to get back to Brendan's point a little bit too, is, you know, the idea of operating on faith alone. Um, but even, even throughout scripture, um, credentials are shown like there are we're not just saying believe it because i said so you've got to have faith and if you don't believe what i said then you don't have faith like christ showed his credentials if we're talking about walking through scriptures miracles um the apostles showed their credentials through many of the same things and so it's it's that balance of yeah there's there's faith but it's not it doesn't mean that it has to be without question yeah well i I think uh this is just my two cents, but and I think you're saying the same thing. I think it's a healthy thing to be able to question, mm-hmm. especially the Bible, be able to question mm-hmm. God. God is big enough to handle it. You know, if you truly believe in God, he's big enough to handle your doubt. I'm just going to say that out loud. He's big enough to handle your pain, whatever. That's just what I believe. You know what I'm saying? That it's like I'm, I would never, ever try to force that upon someone else or anything like that, but... I, um, yeah, there's dark moments, man. There's dark moments of the soul. You know what I'm saying? Of, of just like questioning of, and I think, like I said, it's gotten me to a healthier place because I can read something and you talk about salvation. I can read something in scripture and not feel like I have to not feel like this is a chore or something that I have to do every single time. I was driving here and I was geeking out so much that I couldn't wait to get here to be able to write down some scriptures that I had in my head. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm talking about when it becomes real and it becomes genuine in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm trying not to do stuff just out of repetition or habit or feel like I got to do this to be saved or anything like that. It's like, I don't even know what that term means anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's the only way that you got me to a religion podcast because it's (laughs) like, it's just not my thing or whatever, but I totally appreciate how you do it and how a couple other people, like I introduced to my friend, John, I think I mentioned that earlier, how he does it. Like, I mean, there's a couple people that I see in the community that are an active part of the community that are doing things for like, this is what I believe. And it's the same thing that I believe truthfully. It's just in, you know, non-religion. Absolutely. Like that's it. Exactly. You know, where there's other people that I just see like, you know, the, this whole, mask mandate thing has really brought a lot of light onto like I've had to put so many people in check where they're just like making fun of like masks or whatever. I'm like, okay, if, if this is, um, if, if someone wearing a mask, like, let's say the masks don't help at all. Let's just say that that's like some stupid thing that somebody came up with. If that gives that person a sense of comfort and then you're 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 taking you know who knows how many people they could have died or how you know what their personal health is or you know all these different things if that gives them a sense of comfort why are you making fun of them because mm. they're wearing a mask in their car or where like, cause I've seen so much of that mm-hmm. where it's like people Great just point, being Great and I'm point. like I'm like I don't care if hopping on one leg makes them feel safe that they're not going to get COVID or whatever. Like, so I don't, I don't care what it is. Like if something gives somebody a sense of comfort, yeah. like, you know, and if, so so, for me, that's religion, you know, yeah, it's like, absolutely. if this is what gives you a sense of comfort, as long as it's not hurting anybody, mm-hmm. like, unless you guys are saying, Hey, we're going to kill all the gay people or right. like whatever, you know, that's where it draws the line for me. But if yeah. it gives you a sense of comfort, I'm all in. And I think a ton of that comes down to, and I'll, I'll, I'll even argue from, from the other side, putting it out there. I'm very, pro mask a lot of the mandate stuff yeah there's there's a lot of other politics blah 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 um but so much of the conversation from either side of the aisle has been um focused around making the the speaker we'll say um feel superior like that same sort of idea of making fun of somebody for wearing a mask or in the car or whatever. But we'll, we'll also see it from the other side too. And I like, if, if I got some wishes from a genie, that would be one of the top ones is to just get people to stop focusing on making ourselves feel superior and actually open a real honest dialogue. I get, and just to piggyback on what you were saying, like when this mass thing is all over, if it ever is, you know what I'm saying? There's still going to be some people out there that find comfort in mm-hmm. wearing a mask. And that's sure. cool. Yeah. That's totally fine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we need to get to that point where we're just like, okay, that brings that person comfort. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And Ray Mysterio Jr. has been doing it for years. Do you know that? No, it's like a wrestler. Sorry. That, Sorry. Was, that was like a Google no. reference. <laughs> I was trying to think of somebody in pop culture that wears a mask like all the time. Like he's like a wrestler that wears a mask. Oh, yeah. Like Bane. Like, yeah, yeah. Can we say Bane? No. Yeah. Bane would work. That would have been that would have been way more actually up my alley. He's not a real person. So I was like, yeah, dang okay. it. Yeah, you know. Um, Spider-Man, that's all I can say. I was born in it. <laughs> I was born in the dark. I was born. <laughs> Zoro. There Zorro. you go. There I get go. that one. Oh, Should have went yeah. with Zoro. Thank you, Brendan. 
Damn it. Actually, did you did you see the so they're doing a new Zorro movie? They're like redoing it and they uh, legitimately cast uh Wilder Vollmer. Oh yeah, yeah. Fez from that 70s show. Yeah. I'm like I'm like I'm excited. Oh, okay, let's see what that looks like. That's going to be fun. Wow. I thought that was unique casting. That is that's yeah. great casting. I don't know. I, I had some qualms about Robert Pattinson being the new Batman and oh, so far it looks all. great. Yeah. I don't at all, but I think we'll he's see. an amazing actor. I'm not a Twilight fan by any means, but I think he's an amazing actor. Yeah. I've seen all of his other stuff. I'm a movie and, and what's it, Paul Dan- Dano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. He's great. Great he's casting. Good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Anyways, I think that's about it. I think that'll do it. <laughs> that's a nice line. Now, now into the, the podcast Batman time. podcast. Right, right, right. Does anyone uh, have any closing thoughts, final thoughts, anything like that? Anything we haven't hit? We got a good range of all the different things. No, no, you had something. No, I didn't. I was just going to say peace this is, out. Peace I, out. Yeah. I, I got I to gotta make a note real quick that this is the first podcast I've been on in probably 10 years, and I've been on a lot of podcasts that I hadn't got one food question. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> How was your donut? Is that it's good? Does that I, count? I, I just ate like a little right. bit of it, and okay. this, but I've had it. That's what I get when I, I come I, here. You can complain about the donut. <laughs> I get, no, no, I, I do. So. I, I like <laughs> I, I like your guys' donuts. I don't come here too yeah. often because I'm not in this area a whole lot, and I'm I, truthfully donuts aren't my favorite thing either. But um, uh, when I do, I, I love the pineapple jalapeno yeah. donut. That's I wish more people would do. Say I didn't donut know that you had a things. pineapple jalapeno donut. Nathan, oh, have so you good. been holding out on me? So good. <laughs> Sweet and spicy together oh, is like my jam. <laughs> I come here. here. <laughs> How many times? Many, many, uh, many times. Then there's a sign if you look on the lower left. In the I middle, don't read. And my tattoo guy's right next door. So I get oh, is that your guy? That's cool. Okay. Well, anyways, um, my name is Chris Bovey. Brennan Pointer. Chris with a K. No. Chris Kildoff. <laughs> Nathan Peabody. And Jacob Schwartz. And this has been the Broken Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Bye.